This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 8, Episode 24. This is Writing Excuses, Project In-Depth, Kiss Me Twice. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Mary. I love this story. This was wonderful, Mary. <laughs> Thanks, this guys. This was a really enjoyable story. This is um, Mary's Hugo-nominated, perhaps Nugo Hugo Award winning. Uh, let's not do that. Okay. And <laughs> Knock on Let's jinx plastic. it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> um, well, this will sound especially silly since we're people are hearing this after yeah. six months after you know what so. we should do this one earlier on so that people can have more awareness and vote for it for the ego that's totally what we should do we should put this up next week i i'm fine with that okay let's <laughs> talk okay. about all right this project um, this is very meta <laughs> and you have a character yes i have a char- character named meta but you know anyway um tell us about the um inception of the story where did it come from um, what was the uh, foundational idea? Okay, so this is one of those uh, cases where I started free writing this. Mm-hmm. Um, I had gotten a trigger, I can't remember what the trigger was, but I started with uh, my detective Scott Huang walking into a police station and seeing um, the AI Meta dressed up, uh, presenting herself as Mae West. Okay. And, uh, and I knew I wanted to do a murder mystery, and I got mm-hmm. a little bit into it and was like, this is too big for a short story. Mm. So I, uh, I decided to do it as a novel instead, and so I actually used it as my NaNoWriMo that year. Okay. Um, so I wrote this as a novel originally, and um, then when we sold... So, you know, science fiction murder mystery, yep. uh, which I describe as CSI with a Mae West AI. Okay. Um, and then when we sold Shades of Milk and Honey, mm-hmm. um, I had been writing all over the map and we were going to brand me as historical fiction. And realizing that the chances of me selling a science fiction novel were slim, I cut it down to a novella. Mm-hmm. At the were time, you having trouble with it being novel length? Was there... It was 60,000 words. Okay. Um, so it was short and I knew that I needed to expand it. And there were a couple of different places that mm-hmm. I knew it needed to expand. Um, and the, the plot was actually not as tight as it is now. Okay. I was a little more convoluted. Um, so I knew that I was either going to need to add at least 20,000 words to it. Right. Or cut, cut 20,000. 20, um, and in the position in your career, you decided cutting. Was it? Was there any consideration for the story? Did you feel like you'd go equally either way, up or down? Yeah, actually I did. Um, the I, I had uh, alternating viewpoints um, between Huang, who is the detective, and uh, basically the, the the thing that happens within, yeah. on, on basically the, the first scene is that they uh, they steal Meta, they steal her hard drive, and then uh, have to reboot her from a backup. So there are two right. Metas running, mm-hmm. and I was having uh, alternating POVs from Meta Prime, where right. she was trying to she was trying to figure out who had taken her, right, and where she was, and so all the things that were being sent. We in the original story, in, in the stories it is she sends clues, mm-hmm. and in the original story you got to see her come up with those clues yes. and send them rather than getting them interpreted after the fact. Correct. Okay. Um, and so, what was your process for when you decided you wanted to cut it? How'd you go about doing that? Well, the first thing I did was I stripped out all of Meta's POV, mm-hmm. um, and then there were also uh, subplots. Um, there was originally a uh, love story subplot between. Uh, Huang and one of the uh, the CSI 
okay. people. Um, and then there was also a subplot with his mother, and he had a partner. Okay, wow. Yeah. So you went and just took the axe to a bunch of characters. Yes. Uh, so some of them survived. The CSI uh, woman is still there. Mm-hmm. Griggs. Griggs. Mm-hmm. So Griggs is still there. Uh, his mother is still there, but but only to serve specific functions within right. the major plot. Yep. Um, Cam, who was his partner, is completely obliterated. Um, I don't think he. I don't think his name even is in there anymore. I'm going to say I don't miss a partner. No, it feels yeah. so much tighter without a partner. The idea being that they don't need a partner because they have this AI always watching. Yeah. That, yes. that Meta is everyone's partner is the impression I got. Yeah, yes. and that's a great aspect to have for. Well, this. yes, um, and that She's was a still... force multiplier. Yeah, literally, yeah. <laughs> the police force is multiplied. Yeah, by Meta. The, yeah. the one Meta. thing, the one mm-hmm. thing that I I do miss from it, um, mm-hmm. which I, I get a little bit, is that there was um, that there was jealousy between uh, Cam and meta and the you know which is more important and you know which is more right. real which mm-hmm. which is more real and that that made it a little bit more on point mm-hmm. um, but i don't think that it's something that i necessarily need there's another character uh who is um whose name i've forgotten mm. um delarosa okay uh who was a minor background character mm-hmm. uh who didn't like meta but um but in this one he serves as the major antagonist yeah uh, against within the department, right, um, right, and so I bumped his role up a lot when I had to get rid of Cam. Some of right. Cam's lines actually Went to got him. Yeah. Okay. Here's um here's a question for you. You've expressed before that um that doing a caper is mm-hmm. not something that you've done a lot, and yet I felt that the caper aspect of this, the mystery, um the you know what the the bad guy was pulling off and things like this, all worked very well. So how did you go about plotting that? Was it completely free written and then revised into making work or? Um, because I started this as a, as a um, NaNoWriMo, uh, I free wrote the first part of this. Um, and so I just, you know, threw out clues after clues. And I mm-hmm. was following the model of have several possible suspects mm-hmm. and then decide when you get to the end who it's actually. Okay. Um, and uh, and then I, I stopped, figured out who I wanted it to be in the last third of the, mm-hmm. the original novel. I, I put it down. And, and it was actually a little bit of a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the two people I really need to give credit to are Diana Rowland, mm-hmm. uh, who is, uh, who's a, you know, paranormal. Former policewoman. Former policewoman. Police procedurals yes. are her thing. Yes. So she writes... Um, police procedurals that are paranormal that are great mm-hmm. uh so she um she took a look at it and told me all of the things where scott was being completely stupid okay <laughs> um and then sheila williams the editor at asimov's uh, mm-hmm. took this story in a much rawer form than i usually send them in mm. um and and she was very very helpful in helping me figure out what to do largely what it was with the plot was streamlining it mm-hmm. it was too complicated when I first started it. Um, so I, I threw out, you know, a lot of the conspiracy angles, uh-huh. although those are still there. I just, I, I, what I had to do was sit down and really think about, okay, if I were a villain, what would be the, the cleanest way to do this? Yeah. What's mm-hmm. the simplest way to do it without, without so many failure modes that right. I'm just guaranteed to get caught? Right. Um, and, uh, and I, 
and and it was it was not easy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it really was writing it incorrectly and then going back and fixing it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Um, let's pause for our book of the week. Mary, you have our book of the week. It yes. is Empire State. Yes, this is Empire State by Adam Christopher. And I became aware of this because they asked me <coughs> to, um, me. they're doing a lot of really cool uh, things where they're letting other people play in this world. It's okay. a, um, it's an alternate history uh, set in the prohibition. Um, so it's playing with, uh, you know, the whole Gotham City uh-huh. thing and they're superheroes. Okay. And um, they asked me to make a puppet show to go with it. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, so I'm doing a toy theater that's, uh, that's going to be published uh, so that you can actually print it out and play with the characters. But, um, but it's really, it's And fun. Who, who are they? Is this the publisher? Is uh, it? The publisher, yeah. Okay. So, and that's being published by <laughs> people that are really nice. And that you totally know who they are. I totally but, know who they yeah. are, but I'm looking at the Audible page, and that's not helpful <laughs> okay. in this context. But who, who um, wrote it? Uh, so Adam Christopher wrote it. Okay. Um, and one of the things that's actually really interesting about it is that they show uh, the same events from different vantage points. Okay. So there's, it's mm-hmm. got a very interesting narrative structure. Okay, cool. And speaking of Audible audiblepodcast.com slash excuse. You can go pick up a copy of Empire State for free if you start your 30-day trial membership. And anything else you pick up during the 30 days is 30% off. All right. So, Mary, you have expressed interest in perhaps returning to the novel form of this. Yes, there has been, um, there's been a nibble mm-hmm. um, uh, because it's, you know, Hugo nominee. Yep. Uh, there's been a nibble of a question about whether or not this can be a novel. I think people like the Huang and Meta relationship. Right. Um, when we were reading it, uh, the comment between uh, Howard and I was that it felt very like, you know, classic Caves of Steel mm. Asimov, except updated and more modern with modern character sensibilities and with modern characters as opposed to kind of, yeah, it, it, and so it flowed really well. It was like some of the stuff mm-hmm. we used to love, but written like today's fiction. Uh, I'll say this, one of the one of the tense elements for me mm-hmm. was what has happened to Meta Prime. Mm. Um, because if Meta Prime has been corrupted and the information that's being yeah. fed to Meta back, Meta backup mm-hmm. uh, is you know is is bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yeah. Th- that's 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 awful. And if you put Meta Prime's uh, POV back in, mm-hmm. I worry that you'd lose some of the tension that really drew mm-hmm. me through the story. And, well, and you mentioned those scenes to me, mm-hmm. and I thought, those are awesome. I don't want to read those in this story. That was my first <laughs> yes. instinct. I, I thought the same thing. Um, yeah. Well, let me tell you. How, so when I first wrote them, yeah. I wrote them from um, Meta's POV and was trying to write them as if she were really an AI and trying mm-hmm. and, and they were actually very distancing. Mm. Um, 
the conceit that I have come up with to make them, I think, somewhat more interesting and also to play with the Mae West thing is that, um, you know, she is used to having multiple inputs and fragmenting herself to speak to multiple people. Mm-hmm. And she has um, the, the full set of, uh, of Diamond Lil. She's got that the entire movie. Okay. So that she populates the film. She takes she splits herself into each of the characters in the film, and is trying to basically to keep herself from going mad without sensory input. And is so she has all of these you know like Cary Grant and Mae West yeah. are speaking to each other, trying to solve the film, trying to solve the mystery. And as uh, as they are hacking into her, they are losing parts of the environment so that you wind up that that is genius that's really cool my question to you is could it work for not meta prime for new meta for the reasons howard just said Hmm. meta prime whether the 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 new meta is the one that i think has the best character arc because she number one knows she's a backup she can worry am i just going to get deleted once Mm -hmm. the new one comes along should i want to be deleted she worries she's being hacked she doesn't know if she can trust her memories. All of these things are so much more fascinating than I'm trapped in a box. Let's f- find out how to escape the box. Ah, but yes, and this is the piece that you don't have. Um, she's not just trapped in a box. Mm-hmm. They, are, they are actively corrupting her and hacking into her. Okay. Um, so she's not just in a box. She's being attached by vi- attacked by a virus. In fact, the original title for this mm-hmm. was Virus Attached. Okay. Um, so, and I, yeah. Uh, which was, we I want have... you to write the novel you want to write. <laughs> I still react to, is there any way to have that conversation in the new Meta's viewpoint? Yeah, see, the because st- structurally, her, the way I would yeah. think of it, the, the way I would think of it, give me that tension for the first two acts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and when Scott figures out, wait a minute, all of the bad information I'm being fed is so obviously bad. You know, it's mm. not subtle enough. I think I might be getting, you know, Meta Prime is out there and she's actually trying to help me in some way. Okay? That's and true. then we have a moment in Act 3 where we go into Meta Prime mm. and we see her fighting for her life in the framework of that film. And that can be incredibly powerful. Uh, and it relieves tension against the, you know, the hack on Meta Backup. Um, but ratchets the tension on Meta Prime all the way through the ceiling because now we see how desperate she is. How... Now, I want to say we are reacting to the story we liked. And uh-huh. so yeah, that's what, exactly what you're what seeing I'm doing. from us is we don't want the story we like to change, even though what it may change into is something better. I think we should probably <laughs> leave that point alone. Well, it, um, and yeah. it's, this is one of those things yeah. that it, it is hard to tell because, yeah. you know, what I have in my head is the novel that I wrote the first time, and that's yeah. not necessarily the novel I need to return mm-hmm. to. Well, I wanted to ask about that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting that you talked about a uh, love story between Huang and Griggs. Yeah. Because my favorite part of this novella, by far, was the love story between Huang and Meta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, this and was... that's what I would love to see developed. Yes. Um... And I love the, just to add on to that, mm-hmm. the jealousy that you get a, just a bit of a sense between the different detectives who all have a meta and which one, you know, are you treating them mm-hmm. like you treat me? Yeah. I thought I was special, but in the back of my mind, they know they're not. Yeah. Um, yes, uh, that is one of the things that I enjoy as well. Um, the love story between Huang and Griggs was, uh, was one-sided. Griggs uh. was interested in him. And oh, okay. 
and he was he was kind of oblivious to it. Mm. Um, and and also there was a thing where where Meta was kept trying to set him up with her because she knew she she's like she totally knows that he has a thing for her. Uh-huh. Because that's her job. Mm-hmm. Her yeah. job is to understand her detectives, yeah. and she's like, "And I am not an possible option." Okay, I will accept that pitch. You can put the romance back. Yeah, in. that okay. works just fine. That that actually enhances <laughs> what we liked. Yeah. yeah. Yes, but mm. I really want to see that developed more. Yeah. Like, scenes for, for example, when when he brings Meta home at night, and they have this really long let the introduce the girlfriend to mom kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. I want to see that taken further see mm-hmm. and, you can, and i understand it could be very and, difficult no no you could do Griggs great in the story with griggs in the story we we get the benefit of the the forbidden romance type thing that you're describing and the weirdness of it with the tension of this can't possibly work and there's somebody else who's going to get hurt no what you have to do is you have to feed the possibility for the reader that they're, you know, Maida keeps saying, no, this can't work. She knows this can't work. She's trying to set him up. But as the story progresses, you know, he's, he's very deeply involved in rescuing her and things like this. And you, can f- you have to feed the readers sort of hope. We're all going to hope. Yes. And you mm-hmm. have to feed that hope. But then you can also have the tragedy of Griggs and things like this. I think there's a wonderful, complex thing that could go there that doesn't diminish the, you know, it, the, the story could very easily start with Maida being like, there's no way that I'm an AI. There's no point in this. Let's get him, you know. Yeah. But well, the nice by the end, working, she's not so sure. The nice yeah. thing about working at novel length, um, it depending, I mean, novel length is a widely variable thing, yeah. is that some of the things that we've loved about this short story uh, can fit in their entirety mm-hmm. inside a novel, and then we move on and we explore something else. Yeah. That yeah. is very true. Um, as we're talking, it, it occurs to me that one thing that I don't do, uh, and I didn't do in the original either, um, is that I don't do POVs. Um, I don't give any of the other detectives POVs with Meta in her different aspects. Mm. I would. I feel like uh, if it were me, I I want a Delarosa POV, mm. and I mm. want a Delarosa POV because. He is, he is speaking the opinion of many, many humans in this society, his distrust for AIs. And as a science fiction reader, um, we, I, I want to know more. I want to yeah. know why. I want to mm-hmm. know what his experience is. I think that could be very fascinating. And I think it becomes a more complex and therefore more interesting story. If Personally, I would rather see her viewpoint with him. And see how she changes to match, and she just basically becomes. Well, that would be part a, of Delarosa's. No, I, I mean I don't want to see through his eyes. I want to see through her eyes when she's with him. Because oh. I'm not interested enough in Delarosa to have multiple viewpoints from him. I am interested in both Meta's enough to have multiple viewpoints from yeah. them. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that uh, I think definitely needs expansion is you know the the resolution at the end, who the actual yes. killer was. It's all part of a plot to liberate AIs, which I want. So much more of than is in here, yeah. And mm-hmm. showing, you know, Del- how Delarosa treats the AI is another piece that could build that half of the story yeah. significantly. Well, if I expanded this back up, it would be book one. I mean, it would be, yeah, mm-hmm. there the would continuing be adventures. Of, okay, yes. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I will yeah. buy this yes. from a consumer standpoint. Right. Obviously, I'm yeah. not a publisher. 
Yeah, and I, I do, I have to say that I do yes, go back are. and forth on whether or not to have the other POVs because yeah. I think one of the things that works better in the novella form mm-hmm. is that it is single POV, which yeah. there's there's not the recalibration that the readers have to go yeah. through when they switch POVs. Um, I think you would not lose very much of that by adding just meta. Mm-hmm. Anyone else you add is going to change the chemistry a lot. That could be good, yeah. could be bad, it, but yeah. Well, the nice thing about adding meta is that you can then get uh, pseudo POVs from, from all, all of the over, other characters yeah. because Meta is seeing, she's right there with them. She's seeing what they see, hearing what they hear, yeah. not smelling what they smell. I mean, I would love a, Del, uh, a viewpoint with what's-his-name that doesn't like AIs where she's Del basically Rosa. just a computer program for him. Yeah. She's saying affirmative. She's saying confirmed. She's just acting just like, you know. Yeah. And this is the biggest problem that I ran into with, and I with writing the meta POVs in the the original version is that she is experiencing so many different things all at once and trying to convey that right is you need some sort of affectation like you came up with with the other one right I mean there are things you could do it's like you know she has one consciousness if you want to get across that she is boundless but you also want her to be relatable you say you know each subroutine is a consciousness that then feeds back into the same memory. And so she's almost splitting herself for each of them. Mm -hmm. And that consciousness is acting like an individual subroutine. You could do that. Or you could say, you know, she she turns her attention to one place at a time. She just has so much computing power that she can, you know, do a couple seconds here, a couple seconds there, a couple seconds here. That could be really tough to write, but pretty awesome yeah. if you got it right. Well, one of the things that was fun is the exploration of the uh, the software architecture, mm-hmm. if you will, of these AIs. You know, the idea of vows, the idea mm-hmm. of um, yeah, personality yeah. subroutines. Um, I got the impression that, uh, and this was really cool, um, that the process swapping, perspective swapping, takes time. And there needs to be a reason for it to take time. The transfer of information between uh, Meta May West mm. and Meta Affirmative Mr. Delarosa Sir, uh, the you know moving information between those two. I like that that she has limitations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, actually, we yeah. we really are out of time. Too, we're totally. we're way over on this one, so we're just gonna have to call it. You all have to read the story, um, and maybe we'll check back with Mary after she's spent more time. Um, building it to to see how it's going um writing prompt i'll go ahead and give one yeah unless someone else i one thing that was so fun about this was taking a character from a film Mm -hmm. or a tell a actor and using their lines in an interesting way so your writing prompt is to go pick one of your favorite films or one of your favorite actors take a bunch of quotes from different films and use those quotes to construct a character that can say all of those quotes realistically in a different setting completely This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a longstanding and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them. 
And I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus. Locus. 